picture of the most picture perfect Saturday morning. That would be what we have out there this morning. This is your boy Rashawn Myers, Wake Up 502, Big X Sports Radio, WXVW 96.1 and 1450. Join in studio. I, I am, you know what? Usually I am a man uh, all by him, his lonesome in here. Uh, a, a lot of times, of course, Haven Harrington, the architect, uh, a lot of the times is in here with me. Um, but I do spend a lot of time alone. But today I feel like I just have all kind of friends with me. Uh, joined in studio by the man, the myth, the legend himself, Joe Kelly. Joe, what's happening with you, brother? What's up? What's up, man? Nice to be here. It's, it's been a minute since we did uh, we did this thing in the same room. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean it's absolutely. Uh, it's been. I, I feel like I ain't seen you in in a in a thousand years. Haven Harrington sent me that uh that MMA picture of you in the ring that that one time. You know that that was the last time I saw. It's like man, uh, Joe just done really went to the gutter and got like <laughs> got, got grimy. You know what I'm saying? For those that uh, that don't know, and, and I'll get into this later. Last night, you know, follow me on Twitter if you saw. I was at at one of the local MMA events. Uh, it, that basically looks like a family reunion of a bunch of Joes, man. I've never felt more in place with everybody's bald-headed beard. You know. <laughs> but, yeah, Haven sent a picture and said, we didn't know you'd been training for MMA. <laughs> said, Not all bald guys with beards, Haven. But after last night, I can say we all do look the same. That is hilarious. That is hilarious. And then we also have a special guest in studio this morning, uh, the, the the man himself, Mr. Tim Gray, assistant coach, Spotting University. Uh, coach, how you doing this morning? I'm doing all right. Thanks for having me. Good, 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 man. I, I I am so excited to get going on here this morning. Hey, uh, Joe, do me a favor. Like that, that microphone that you own, like I feel to Tim's dulcet tones come through a whole lot better than yours. Uh, let's try that other mic for you. Testing, testing, one, two. Do I sound smooth now? Yeah, now, uh, Tim, Tim, give me one more. Give me one more. I, see, 
I'll do it. I'll do it. Oh, that's perfect. That's it. That, that, that I, that man, I can't right compete there. with that, though. Like, <laughs> I feel like he's going to whoop me on this and be like, let's go play horse now, too. So. Right. I'll, I'll try and lighten up a little bit. No, no. Y'all are good, man. But we have so much to get into. Uh, Coach Gray is nice enough to join us this morning. Um, he's got a, a great show um, that, that is now up and rolling, talking all things basketball. I'm very excited to hear about that. Uh, we also have so many things, fellas, to get into this morning. Morning, man. Like for you know, they always talk about you don't have anything to, to discuss, and there are no topics out there during uh, the long summer uh, off season. Um, but it's anything but this week. I mean, we've had so many things happening. Uh, you know, you had, of course, the um, NBA draft. Uh, that just got completed. Um, Paolo Bonchero is your number one pick in the uh, NBA draft. It was a bit of an upset uh, from what a lot of people, including Woj, thought was going to happen, which never happens. <laughs> Woj is never wrong. So, like, for, for Woj to be wrong, that's absolute proof that nobody knew what the Orlando Magic were going to do at number one. Uh, we had that. Um also have uh, big news on DJ Wagner, of course, the, uh, you know, well, arguably the number one player in the 2023 class, University of Louisville, as well as the University of Kentucky, have been hot and heavy on him. Sounds like he may be making a decision very, very soon. Louisville had a basketball visitor um, earlier in the week. Um, but the, the first thing I wanted to get to, fellas, uh, before we get into anything else, man, um, I, I, I didn't really... Um, like, of course, the, the news came out on Monday uh, that the University of Louisville, um, of course, the football team had just completed a, a huge, huge recruiting weekend um, last weekend. Uh, of course, we there was plenty of luminaries. Pierce Clarkson, the, uh, the guy who basically got it started, he's been kind of the um, – Pod Piper, if you will, um, of this 2023 uh, Flyville 23 is like what they like to call it, the Flyville 23 class um, of players that will be coming in next year um, as freshmen. Um, but, uh, you know, coming out of that, it was expected uh, to, for Louisville to go out there, get a couple of commitments. Of course, Madden Sanker um, is a big-time tackle prospect that people have been looking to go ahead and make his commitment to the University of Louisville. Luke Burgess is another big tackle um, that is expected to head uh, and put his, his uh, cap in for Louisville as well. Um, but on Monday, something crazy happened. Literally the number one running back <laughs> in the nation, one Mr. Reuben Owens, put his commitment in for the University of Louisville. First of all, fellas, um, I just want to know, you, you, the like, I don't even know what to say. Like, the, the University of Louisville, I, I, I've been watching Louisville football. I remember <laughs> when they were giving away tickets on Crittenden Drive. <laughs> Where, where, the, where the, uh, the gas fill up. Full, or, full or tank of gas and buy you get a Big two Mac. tickets. Yeah, yeah. Buy a Big Mac, get two tickets. <laughs> like, I, I remember those promotions. And for University of Louisville to go from an almost defunct football program uh, to now they are the, uh, you know, the, the, the proud institution to be able to secure the commitment of the number one running back in the country from the state of Texas who had offers from every school in Texas. Um that's a major flex. Like, Joe Kelly, like, you are the Twitter social media guru. I don't even know how many damn tweets you have. Like, hundreds of thousands. You have, you know, I, I know I tweet a lot. Like, my tweets 
pale in comparison to what you do. Well, I just want to say shout out to my former employers that let me goof off while <laughs> they were paying me to, to get this brand popping. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, but what, like, on Twitter, the reactions this Ooh. week. Like, what, 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 what are your thoughts on just that whole Reuben Owens, you know, craziness that the, happened on like Monday? the Like the reaction to it? Yes. Okay, so occasionally, Rashawn's not lying. I do tweet way too much. <laughs> Uh, if you follow me, you should just mute me and check in on game days because there's no telling what I'm ranting about on any given Tuesday. That being said, I enjoyed being an observer of, of the timeline. I just watched everybody else because it's, it is good to see the fan base finally get something to celebrate. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a struggle for the last couple of years. Life post Lamar has not been easy. And this is the sort of stuff I thought we were going to start. We would, we would reap the benefits of when Lamar won the Heisman. Right. That then saying the number one player at his position, a five star rated athlete, a guy that literally every other school worth a damn is is interested in, says, Well, if Lamar did it, I can do it. You know, winning a Heisman to me should have opened up a lot of doors in recruiting to say there's really nothing you can you can't achieve at this university, at this program, given that they're in the ACC conference. It took a while. I don't know if it was a combination of of the fans, the good folks at Wake Up Five Hundred Two, the chirping and the and the rumors and the flirtation that a lot of people have with with Jeff Brom. I don't know what happened, but something got Coach Satterfield's attention. Or maybe there is something to his whole thing about COVID. Really threw you know threw a wrench in his plans. I don't care how we got here, Rashawn. We're here. I'm amazed. Uh, Truly, unbelievable. Truly, I, I mean, I just looked at it when this first when this topic first came up, and you told me about the player. I googled him because I said I'm, I'm, I think I think Rashawn sent me I, I, that that message can't be correct. <laughs> <laughs> like that player, that specific player at that ranking at that state from that state, no, no. Like to, to your point, the Pied Piper is working, man. It's unbelievable. Like Co- Coach Gray, let, let me ask you, just uh, in 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 general, uh, and, and you can give your thoughts on, on Ruben specifically. I don't know how much um, you know you know about what's going on over there with the, the the football recruiting, how crazy it's been. But just in general, like, what does a player of that magnitude, what type of attention does that give a program? Like, like, what advantages for you as a coach if you can get a kid of a certain level to come your way? How does that help you um, with your future? prospects or, or or you know at least get in the doorway of maybe some kids that you didn't you know previously get the opportunities with well like was stated um for the most part when you can get a guy of that magnitude you're basically telling everybody in the country they can play here they can get stuff done here and so for the most part if you can get a guy like that then it should bring the next person from the standpoint of that's that's a place i would want to be because i think at the most part i can get done with it whatever it is that it is that i need to do i can do it there and that's what that's what it's saying so for the most part, I, I expect it to be a trickle-down effect. I expect more players, whether it's wide receivers, quarterbacks, whatever it may be. You know, Lamar got a lot done at the school. So did Teddy Bridgewater. So a lot of a, a lot of players got things done at UofL. Prior to that, Brian Brom, a lot of players got stuff done at UofL. So it's a place that they can play, and they know that. And I think it's starting to connect, especially with the facilities, fans, things of that nature, especially coming back from COVID, because COVID, COVID threw a lot of monkey wrenches in for a lot of people. So I think people are just trying to get back to past that notion to now they can move forward. Did, kind of t- can you, can you kind of give the layman a, a little insight on that? Like how, just how bizarre was it from a, a coaching, recruiting, 
trying to keep a group together. We've, we're literally in the middle of a pandemic, and you all are in charge of young men away from home. Mm-hmm. What, what were some of the stressors that, that fans might not recognize? Well, especially dealing with COVID, the one thing you're trying to do is keep people healthy. Because if, if they catch COVID, now your team has to shut down. And the thing is, we got to stay functioning. So the thing was, the main, the main premise we had at Spalding was to keep everybody healthy, to do what it takes to make sure we're not catching COVID, spreading it, passing it, and get past that notion so now we can play games, now we can practice. I mean, a lot of times we couldn't practice because a lot of times we had to shut down in ways. So I think the, the biggest premise with COVID was just to, shut, to make sure we were safe, healthy, and lock that concept down to move forward to now where we are. We're, we're, we're back to some form of normalcy to where we can do and practice regularly and checking on players. I mean, from the standpoint of, yeah, we checked in on players, but most of the time they were with us. Mm-hmm. So we could really keep – and it really helped because we could really keep an eye on them to make sure guys – and get them to focus on the concept of guys. If we make sure we stay healthy, we can practice, then we can play because it was a trickle-down effect. See, and that's something I had wondered about is did it add a team-building dynamic of, guys, you truly have to be here for one another. You can pre- you can preach that all day at practice about you're only you're an extension of your teammates. Of course, of but course. this is making it it's a health issue. Yeah, I mean my father my father was big on it. I mean he was really really big on the whole COVID scenario and trying to make sure we stayed healthy. That was his whole premise. And the, and the thing is, I think some people may have been fluid with it at times. And the one thing about it is is once again you're dealing with kids. You're dealing with 19, 18 to 22 year olds. You know, the 25 year olds. So they think they think they're Iron Man, and they and they, a lot of them don't want to follow uh, orders as or discipline or structure or you know. Sometimes they no want kidding. To play, they, they just do. <laughs> That's just how they are. So the thing is, in that in that environment, you kind of have to be on top of them a little bit, especially with that COVID scenario. You just had to be on top of them and be like, look, this is what we need. This is how we're gonna have to do this. this. Is how we're moving forward. I need you guys to lock in, stay focused, stay disciplined. I need y'all to concentrate on staying healthy because if you can't, the thing is. One moment, one kid could be out. Then it trickles down to two more. Then the three more. Then we got to sit out three. Then next, you know, our whole team may have it, and we got to shut down. We can't play games. We got so it just became a whole thing where we had to make sure everybody focused in on the concept of staying healthy. And if you want to get involved in any of the conversation this morning, of course, the best way to get a uh, get, get down to get down is the uh, Thornton's text line five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. You can give all your texts there. That you know we will read and go through and discuss anything that you drop on the text line. If you want to give a call, absolutely. I, apparently, we're the only show that takes live calls on like the whole station. <laughs> but but the uh, wake up five zero two buzz line five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty is the uh, the call in line. So. Um, if you do want to get involved, I, I'd love to hear from you um, as well on any of the, the great topics. But like I said, the, the best way uh, usually to get involved is through the text line. Or you can always check us out on Twitter, at um, Rashan, R-A-A-S-H-A-A-N. Or, of course, everybody knows Joe because he's the the, the you know the fastest tweeter in the West. Uh, at that move. boy's good. At that boy's good. is I'm telling you, like – he exhausts me with how many tweets he sends. Uh, Co- Coach, uh, do you have a Twitter handle? I, t- I tried to find you on Twitter yesterday. I, I, I do. I do have a, a Twitter. What, what, what is your Twitter handle? Well, I, that's that's the problem. I don't even really look. I do, oh, I do wow. Facebook and Instagram. And no, I have don't it do and Facebook and Instagram. I mean, I, I do. I have Facebook and Instagram. I have Twitter, but I, I'm so I'm so on to the other ones. I just ah, okay. I, I got. You kind of put me on the spot with that. <laughs> you should have gave me a heads up on the Twitter. See, I mean, I check. The thing is, I check Twitter, yes, but sir. I don't really like. You I'm don't a, really. Don't, you're not really, active on. I don't, no, not really. Really. And that's, that's a. So, that's what a, are the best ways if if you want to see what Coach Gray is up to? What's the best ways for folks to to, to catch up with you or check out what what's going on? Go to my Facebook. 
Okay. You know, Coach Timothy Gray. Okay. Uh, and then go to Instagram, which is 50, uh, 50 Pelican. There um, we go. At 50 Pelican. Um, yes, my, you know, my Twitter is, you know, it's at TD Gray 50, which is G-R-A-Y. Um, so, okay. I mean, I, you know, if, <laughs> if, if, you, if you reach out to me, I'll reach back. I'm not, I'm not one of those people who don't do anything. I mean, you know, I just, I, you know, my Twitter fingers are not like y'all's. That's, that's for sure. Yeah. I'm not, I don't have the, I don't have the Twitter fingers. I really watch and read. Yes, right. I'm, I'm one of those watch and read people. See, man, I, I, I respect the reserve because I can't, Rashawn, you think I, I have, <laughs> and I do have way too many tweets. I can't tell you how many I type out and go, nah, we're just going to keep it moving today. We don't need to fight. Yeah, Cause you find, you find yourself typing something and oh. you look at it and you, then you'll call somebody, Hey, should I teach, should I tweet this? I and mean, then and, it just and turns into like, a big old thing. Right. So and they're like, like yeah. look. While it is heat and there are no lies detected, do you really need that on a Wednesday afternoon? And I'm like, nah, I'm going to go back to talking about whatever the number one uh, hit single on R&B radio was in 1973. Yeah, that, I mean, that's fair. I mean, because, yeah, you, you get you can definitely get caught up, especially not right now. There's so many things happening um, just <laughs> both in sports and, uh, and you know, in, in the real world where people are making hor- horrible uh, 50 years, set us back 50 year decisions <laughs> right now that anything and everything that, that comes across there can get you caught up in all types of things. And yeah, I've, I've had to delete a tweet or two <laughs> just because don't, I just don't mess with the sponsorship. Yeah. Just going to delete. Just going to delete. Well, and, and I got to give you a shout out because you, you have been in the mud lately and, and you have reached there. Like Twitter, I think really is a terrible place. <laughs> I'm just, we're just all addicted to it. Yeah. But man, it's like Dante's Inferno, and there's seven different lev- levels of hell. I'm not sure how we we prioritize them or label them, but Rashawn, I've been at the one you're in, and it's anything you say about Kenny Payne is met with. He don't trust him. He don't support him. You hate Louisville. You hate Louisville. <laughs> you hate the hire. No, I'm just saying, y'all. I understand tone gets lost in this sometimes. Tune into the show. I'll explain myself better. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I, I have, I have definitely. I picked up my sword and my shield. I've been using my shield a whole lot more than my sword lately, uh, just because the arrows, uh, enough arrows to blot out the sun. That's what they said on three hundred. And the KP Army fellas, they have been, <laughs> they have been on me uh just because of my uh, assessments and and you know what joe that's one of the reasons why today i come in with the bill withers i come in with the lovely day because what i'm gonna do today i've made a decision everybody understands my stance on, on where we are with this 2022 university of louisville basketball program we know the issues we know what we're waiting on to get that together. So I'm not going to to dwell on that today. So I'm going to bring all positive vibes. Uh, we're going to have all songs that are wrapped around feeling good and getting out. And, you know, we're just going to do some grooves this morning. You feel me? Like, that? that's going to be my whole thing, just so everybody will chill out and think that I'm not trying to, like, tear down. You know, I love Coach Eves, but I don't want to be seen as, like, the young, new, light-skinned uh, Coach Eves. <laughs> You feel me, like, man? That, that, there, there, there are God tier status things that you can you can unlock <laughs> as as a fan of, of the University of Louisville and sitting amongst Jerry Eves watching the game. Yes, elite. Yes, elite commentary that will not be repeated. Bro. Hey, so sitting next to Coach Beard and Coach Eves, man, like those two dudes, just to sit there and watch a game and just hear them just kind of break it down. Yes. It's classic. Yes. Like, it's classic. Now, now, now Coach Gray, um, but before we uh, move on, I, I do want to say that your point um, – 
previously, talking about the, the doors that you can get in when you get a kid, a high-profile kid, um, a kid of a certain status, and how that opens up those doors and it kind of starts to open up the floodgates um, for you. Like, that was kind of um, my thought because Pierce Clarkson, um, while I, he is an uh, amazing commitment, the University of Louisville has seen some really good quarterbacks come through. You know, Louisville is lightweight quarterback you. Okay, in in college football. Yeah, they've they've had some good quarterbacks. Absolutely, and and, and they've had some coaches that had great, great systems that facilitated that mm-hmm. for those for those quarterbacks. Yeah, so and, I mean, it's like you get a good quarterback. That's you know that's kind of like okay, well that's what Louisville does. Yeah. Um, even with getting some wide receivers, we've seen Louisville get some really good wide receivers. Yeah. James Quick was a top ten wide receiver. So yeah. De- Harry Douglas. Absolutely, you know DeAndre Moore. While that's a nice player, um, it doesn't to me move the needle as much mm-hmm. yeah we're on what generation five of afros yeah absolutely i mean seriously it started with with Dion and arnold and all those guys but it, it's carried through at one point we had Devonte and eli mm-hmm. yeah we had harry douglas and mario mm-hmm. uh, we louisville to your point about about players can can kind of unlock doors to to getting other players at different positions i mean really the only play, and we've had some damn good offensive linemen now, now also the key to that is their success because you yeah. know the thing is once again, a group of kids may come in, mm-hmm. but now, you know, they may have brought in maybe that year and maybe the next year. But if those kids don't reign the success, then it's going to start to fall off because they got us. They got to show benefits. Right. They got to show what happened. And right. if they don't show something positive, like prime example with, with Brian Brom that year that he had a good year. Then the next year it tailed off mm-hmm. with um, who was the coach that Craig came Thor- in? Craig, Craig Thorpe. Thorpe. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So oh, that, it- you know, if. if and you talk about systems. Started it, it, throwing the ball forty yeah, times mean, a game. It, it was, and, you, you see and, what I'm saying? And, and and the thing was that was so frustrating about that was that yeah they were they were padding his stats, but what people forgot about Bobby 1.0 is he had an incredibly balanced attack. Mm-hmm. They ran the ball and they threw the ball 50-50. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bush. so yeah, so when mm-hmm. Brom was putting up those great numbers under Bobby, he was throwing the ball twenty five times a game. Mm-hmm. Well, then right. the new coach comes in and says you're going to throw it forty to fifty. The, yeah. pro- the the productivity drops off because you're you're not a balanced offense. Mm-hmm. You don't have that threat. You, the the defense is watching the the pass game more. Mm-hmm. So so once again, I mean the 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 success has to be there. I mean you can bring in a group. The question is now, what do you do with the group? So if you if you do a good job with the group, that it's going to trickle down to more kids want to come. So yeah. they're they're watching. Well, so I, they're, I, they're watching. So you know you bring in this kid, you know top running back in the country. Okay, let's let's watch and see. The what the question I have for Rashawn is. If Louisville starts starts continues this for a couple of classes, let's say let's just say two next year's class is also maybe not this good, but but got some some real names in it. What does the redshirting situation at, at U of L become? Because to your point, if you you have to cash in on this class right now, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, what pressure do you th- do you guys think? And from a coaching standpoint, you can talk in on this, Rashawn, just as as a student of the game and 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 a, and a fan. What do you think? What pressure does this put on the coaching staff to say we got to let some of the kids go out there and earn playing time, and if they take it from an older player, they take it. So be it. Well, Versus, do we really want to burn some eligible? You know, you know what I mean. Like, how do you how do you gauge that? Well, I think from the standpoint of you let the kids figure that out. And the thing is, all coaches want to do is win. So I'm gonna put the best players out there to win. So yes, I mean, especially at that level, it's not like you're dealing with high school or things of that nature. You're dealing with major college football. So the objective for them, yes, you got to find a way. You got to find that balance. You got to find a balance of the way to handle your roster, handle players, positioning them, and from the, also from the standpoint is also because the thing is, 
they are going to have, you know, they have egos. So they're going to be frustrated about certain things if they're not playing and they feel they should have been playing. If they have a senior and then there's a sophomore that comes in and he's kicking his butt, you know, but the coach is like saying here, I got to play him. Mm-hmm. So what do I do? But the thing is he knows what to do. Really, I, I may start scaling his time back. Or if he's destroying them in practice so much, you know, that's really on the, that's on the senior. You're a senior. Right. Hold your position. You're a grown man. Yeah, hold your position. If you can't, then that's between you and the player. I, that's, I didn't make that choice. Right. I didn't make the decision. The play did. So that's, that's really what it comes down to. Absolutely. I mean, and I think that especially with the with the red shirting aspect of it, um, we've started to see less of that um, at the non skill position players in terms of at the linebacker, um, and then of course cornerbacks more of a skill position. Safety, we've seen less red shirting in those. We've seen guys like Josh Minkins uh, come in and make a, a big p- uh, impact, or at least get on the field earlier. Um, you know, and same thing on the offensive side of the ball. We've seen more. Freshmen come in and make an impact at wide receiver. We saw Amari Huggins-Bruce come in as a true freshman last year um, and make plays. Uh, we've seen guys uh, come in and, and be able to play Im- immediately um, if they're at tight end, if they're at wide receiver. Um, I think where the red shirting is still going to be a big part of it, um, and I think it has to be a big part of it, is on the lines. Uh, because, you know, physically um, that's where that strength has to really um, take hold. And, and like you said, it's one of those things, Coach, where you get out there and you line up across from each other, or if you're in the weight room and you're like, okay, this cat's doing you know, 20 reps at 225, and you're going to have to be able to be in that area well, you know, in football, to compete. You know, you know, in football, for the most part, most kids are going to get redshirted because physically they're not ready right. anyway. So that's right. just the whole premise. Right. So they're going to they're gonna redshirt for the most part because we need to physically physically get you to where you need to be. I mean, that's why I look at a kid like Popeye Williams, who is one of Louisville's uh, highlight recruits uh, from this past uh, this past recruiting class in football. Popeye goes 6'3", 230 pounds, um, you know, <laughs> as a kind of an edge. That's a grown man. Outside And he's going to get bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, like, he's a guy who, especially with the speed dynamic of it, um, he's a guy who can compete um, immediately. Now, how much he'll be able to stand up and be at the get off of you know Lyman's hands at the point of attack? That's going to be the question mark on if he plays. Will he need to get more strength and more quickness in his hands? Is it a technique situation, um, you know, or is it something where he's just simply when those big guys get their hands on him, he's going to the ground? You know, if that's the case, then maybe Popeye doesn't play as much, or maybe he is a candidate uh, for a red shirt. So, you know, I do think that right now, um, you know, out there, even though coaches aren't actively with the players and it's really more in the hands of the strength and conditioning guys, um, they're paying attention. Uh, You know, they're they're seeing – Players players got to understand. When coach when you when you think coaches ain't watching, they're <laughs> watching. If you don't think they're paying attention, you're not being in the weight room doing the things that you're supposed to do to get yourself prepared uh, for the season. You're sadly mistaking yourself. They're mm-hmm. taking the notice, and not to mention it goes to it kind of trickles down to the notion of leadership. Because the thing is, if you're not in there working, who's leading my team? So at the end of the day, you better make sure those those moments that you think they're not watching, like they're giving you you know, workout scenarios and things of that nature, and they, they're, they're not really the, the hands-on people at that point in time. Oh, they're watching. So you hear that, young, young players, Santa Claus is not real, <laughs> but the coach is. <laughs> and he is always watching, and he has he's he got a list, right? He knows when you're right? sleeping, and, and he knows, and when, and you're he knows when you're awake. <laughs> and he knows when you're in the damn gym. Get in the gym, son.
<laughs> Absolutely. Hey, <laughs> I, I tell you what, fellas, we're going to go ahead and, and uh, take this first break of the day, man. And I, I'm so excited to have you all in studio for us to kind of just continue to chat about so many things going on. But one thing that I did think was just an amazing thing about this Ruben Owens commitment is that this young man not only you know, has reasserted the fact that he is committed to the University of Louisville and he be, will be a part of that while there's been a lot of doubters saying he's going to flip or make a change. This man went out and put ink on his arm. Yeah. With 502 <laughs> on there. Like. Yeah, that's a big time statement. Case closed. Case closed, right? Yeah, not, not, not where he's from, but where he's going. That, yeah, that's big time. Hey, that's crazy. Hey, yes, guess what? You're listening to Wake Up 502. Rashawn Myers, uh, Haven Harrington is on assignment. He is not here, but we do have Joe Kelly and Coach Gray in the building. We'll be back on Big X Sports Radio. to wake up 502 is going down big exports radio Rashawn Myers Joe Kelly coach Tim Gray in the building this morning I told you man all good vibes Rashawn is not the most negative man in the city of Louisville right now yeah I promise I promise so all good feelings all day long all good vibes uh, it is all good this morning here. A beautiful, sunshiny Saturday morning here in the Ville. A um, lot of good and positive things going on with the University of Louisville. Even the University of Kentucky got them a, a big-time commitment uh, yesterday on, on the basketball side. Uh, Robert Dillingham, uh, the number two point guard. Uh, in the class of 2023, did make his commitment to the University of Kentucky. Um, it's been said that Kentucky has waved the white flag in the recruitment of DJ Wagner. Um, so the, the pivot, if you will, um, was for Kentucky to basically go snatch NC State commit. <laughs> uh, Robert Dillingham, who is a top 10 player in the 2023 class, previously um, had been committed uh, to NC State. Um, and, of course, because NC State has the worst luck of any program in America uh, these days, especially on the basketball side, I love you, Coach Keats. Uh, uh, <laughs> they have not had a, a, a good run of luck, and Kentucky decided uh, to pluck their possible hoop savior <laughs> uh, in, in Dillingham, who's a very, very talented ball handler, scorer. Um, so Kentucky did get that done yesterday. Um, it was interesting, fellas, that um, – Can we just acknowledge real quick that NC State's athletic program overall – they're like Job from from the Bible, man. Like the Lord giveth and He taketh away. <laughs> I mean, it just it, 
It's astonishing how how if you're Ooh. if you're an NC State fan, you've got to be like, how much more can you give me, Jesus? And Jesus just replies, <laughs> how are you still alive, my son? <laughs> no, I mean, Coach Keats, man, uh, you know that that program has just been through it, and Coach is a is a great guy. Um, you know, he's one of the coaches that I really always enjoy talking to on the recruiting trails. Uh, you know, going out and, and watching prospects. Um, he's just he was funny, personable. Um, you know, I, I just I want so well for him um, to have success down there. Um, so, you know, just to go through everything they've been going through, you know, he still continued to, to get some good players. Darion Sebron uh, was one of the best players in the ACC last year. Um, you know, he decided to go ahead and put his name in the draft, um, then didn't get drafted. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so so now Darion is – um, you know, kind of looking for a home, and he's going to have to hop on a summer league roster and make it. But that's a kid who, while um, he definitely has a lot to work on, um, great off the dribble, great off the bounce, great finisher at the rim, definitely needs to work on his jump shot. Um, and that was something that I thought would bring him back to school. But once again, you just talk about another hit uh, for the program. Now NC State doesn't have, uh, you know, one of the best playmakers in the ACC, and that playmaker is not even going to probably be on an NBA roster. Um, you know, and he still had two years of uh, of eligibility left. That um, hurts all around for everybody involved with that. Yeah, I mean, and, and it was interesting. I heard on a radio show, everybody knows, I listen to sports shows all around, um, you know, the city and nationally. Um, and one of the interesting things and interesting points that got brought up was um, now that NIL um, is prevalent and, and now that kids can get paid for their name, image, and likeness, is there really any reason to basically get rid of their – um, you know, eligibility if they put their name in the NBA draft and they don't get drafted? Like, should they just be given the option to be able to come back to school? You know, if, if they're already getting paid as professionals, professionalizing, quote-unquote, uh, and putting your name in the draft really shouldn't matter. Oh, I agree with you completely. I think these are all the things, though, that they didn't really foresee. Like, the NL, NIL was very rushed. I think it's fun it, – Look, I'm standing. I'm sitting here across from a coach, and he's giving me the look like, "Oh, is, is it now?" <laughs> As a fan and someone who has to talk about sports, I love that it's the wild, wild west. However, it feels like it was all thrown together real quick to say, "If we don't start giving them a little taste of something, they're they're not gonna. Our, we won't have a product anymore." I mean, the one thing about it is, you're you're right about that slogan. It is the wild, wild west, and so people got to adjust now. Um, it's not the same thing as it was. I mean, I'm a coach's son, and my father was assistant coach at Alabama, Baylor, Chattanooga. You know, so I've seen the I've seen the nature of the game from a lot of from different ages, and so from the standpoint of how it is now, from what it was, it's completely different, and it is the wild wild west, and you're gonna have to adjust. I mean, I'm not sure why Jay Wright retired, but I'm pretty sure. I mean, he's young. He was young. Yeah. And I'm I'm not sure why, but maybe that played a part in it because it's just the nature of how it is and how you have to approach it. This NIL is is good for the kids, but there is a flip side to it. There's a flip side to everything. Right. So it's good for the kids, but there's there's a there's a little bit of something that goes with it. And I think eventually they can find a happy balance. They they can come to they 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 this is too big of an operation, too much money involved. Uh, there there's too many moving parts. They there is a way to make it serve all parties involved. Well, see the one the one thing about it is you got to understand it's going to change with it more than anything is the mentality of the kid. And the kids are seeking something now. Now mm-hmm. that it's more prevalent, they're seeking it. And so um, whatever it may be, whether it's the NIL money or whatever it may be, and like you, you, you hear from Kenny, Coach Payne saying, you know, I'm not looking for kids who 
want the NIL deal. You see what I'm saying? Because that's what they're seeking. Well, everybody so, thinks they deserve that big deal that, yeah. that the number one dog gets. Mm-hmm. And and the NIL might be humbling, I think, for a lot of a lot of players and, and more specifically a lot of players. Well, parents. I think I think they kinda I think they also think that it's just a simple saying, I want an NIL deal. Well you have to have some form of value. <laughs> right. I mean Welcome, that's, just, that's the truth. This is what happens when you get out of college. You're worth your value. Yeah. So I mean you you could say you want an NIL deal, but you know, it's gotta be somebody out there that views you as that value to give you something. So it's not as just as simple as you saying, I want an NIL deal. Okay, well, what's your value? <laughs> sure. Yeah. You want the job up here, but yeah. you don't realize there's an entry-level position that you start off at. Mm-hmm. You know, work uh, your way to it. Uh, real quick, too, while, while Rashawn's getting caught up, I want to take a special shout-out to my man Carlo and Matt over at the, at the Boxing and Wrestling Commission here in Kentucky. Folks, if y'all don't have anything to do tonight, you're sitting around looking for something fun, not a big baseball fan, and, and, you, and you need to scratch that sports itch, come out and say hello to your man, Joe Kelly. <laughs> yes, I just spoke in the third person. I am I am the timekeeper, the clock master, if you will. For, the clock uh, master. For MMA. Sounds like a cheesy Batman villain. Hey, man. It's I'll, you again, clock master. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. But tonight, last night, last night we had some really good good fights. Uh, very entertaining. You got to see got to see a wide range of styles in, in MMA. If you're a fan of MMA, I recommend this to you. If you're not a fan, call your buddy who is. Have them take you uh, to to this event. It'll be going down tonight at the Kentucky International Convention Center. That's right downtown. Tickets are still available. Twenty dollars, y'all. Twenty dollars. I mean, you can't beat that. You can find them at www.b2fs.com. That address again is b. Number two, fs.com. Come out, discover that you are actually a combat sports fan. You just didn't know it yet. Very nice. Joe, you know what? You, you, you have a future in this radio thing, man. That was a nice little plug you gave. <laughs> hey, man, I'm hoping I can make the transition to just, no, nah, I work in the fight game now, y'all. <laughs> I know. Hey, you know, and and our buddy Carlo Kellum, of course, uh, a.k.a. Mr. Marvellis, uh, a architect, one of the originators of the main event sports show, which, of course, is the uh, parent company of Wake Up 502. Um, you know, he is one of the czars of the uh, boxing and MMA game uh, in the state of Kentucky now. Like, he's like... Uh, you know, one of the head He's the man. Yeah, so so to see, um, you know, C- Carlo just continue to go upward and and now pretty much running things uh, on on the the uh, combat sports scene in the state um, is big time. And uh, if if nothing else, if you're friends with me, you need to come out because you'll say I'm used to Joe just mean mugging people and talking too much. When he's around those guys, he just shuts up and smiles and says, yep, happy to be here. Don't want to get knocked out. Yeah, hey, you know what? I never realized it. It's funny when you first get out and get to a, a uh, boxing event. Coach, have, have you uh, been to any um, live boxing or MMA events? Uh, to be honest, no. Yeah, it, 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 You can let, be my guest. Let, 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 <laughs> let me tell you something, man. Like, it's different. When you see how hard these cats, like you don't get a, a, an appreciation for how hard they hit each other mm-hmm. until you see it live <laughs> and hear yeah, it. I'm then sure, it's I, like I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I mean, I, I am a you know I am a little bit of a boxing fan. Yes. Um, but at the same time, I, I never went out and watched it. It is yeah. uh, if you ever get an opportunity. There, believe it or not, uh, the state of Kentucky is one of the most active states um, for boxing or M- and MMA um, in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, that and it's on the rise as well. Yes, I mean, Big there's so stores. many events. So if you ever get a chance to get out, absolutely do that. We'll, we'll swap numbers. I, I'll, take let your, me know. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Just let me know. Absolutely. It's, it, it's seriously, it is one of those things. 
the last thing I'll say about it, I, I've I've been credentialed and and I was on the sideline during the Lamar years, mm-hmm. you know, and and Russ Smith, Montrez Harrell, those guys, some really fun U of L teams. And I, I sat on the court and I always wore neutral colors, never black or red. Mm-hmm. And and you you have to be very stoic. Don't be a fan was always my thing. If you get a media credential, you you have a job to do. Mm-hmm. Don't fanboy. If you want a fanboy and drink beer, go sit in the stands with with the other fanboys. Mm-hmm. Uh, this test everything about my self control to just sit there plain faced. When you see a guy take a, a roundhouse kick to the face, you're like, "Damn, he hit him with the roadhouse." <laughs> Sometimes you just want to yell, "World star." <laughs> but, hey. you, but you can't do that. No, man. no, you have to just stand there. You'd have to sit there, stoic. You're like, mm, he did in fact land that. That's unfortunate for his opponent. <laughs> that's unfortunate for his opponent. Yeah, I, I, and that's the one thing, especially at the the um, the lower introductory levels of a lot of these guys. You know, when they're just getting started, um, the levels. Uh, of talent between the two fighters, there can be a big disparity. Uh, whereas, you know, as you get higher up in level, um, both guys are really, really elite. Um, so, you know, you usually don't see a lot of just crushing mm. knockouts the way you do. It's almost like Mike Tyson punch out. <laughs> the, the the other thing that I will t- I will prepare you for this. If you make plans to come to a to a, a card like this, it it kicks off at eight p.m. You might get out of there at ten because there might be a lot of first round KOs. Yeah. Or yeah. you could be like last night. I think I got out of there at eleven thirty. Uh, yeah, but the rounds aren't that long anyway. Well, you, so the guys last night, man, and this cardio is just. I'm sitting there thinking, aside from just not getting pummeled, mm-hmm. the cardio to, to keep moving, because you know Hollywood kind of gives a lot of people a, a distorted view of of how fist fights go down. Usually, it's like two guys in a parking lot. They throw a couple of you know a couple mm-hmm. big haymakers straight out the gate, and then they wrestle with each other, and and then they're out of breath and sweaty, mm-hmm. you know. And then their boys are like, "All right, all right, you're embarrassing yourselves, you know. Too old for this." With this stuff, man, they were doing. I believe the amateurs fought three three minute rounds, mm-hmm. but then once we kick it up with a ninety minute uh, intermission in between rounds or ninety second intermission rather, when you step up to pros, three five minute rounds with with sixty seconds in between. Mm. So I mean, it, five minutes in, the, in that cage it seems like hell to me. Well, at the end of the day, you're in front of everybody, so your adrenaline's pumping in a way that you probably wouldn't imagine. But what did Mike Tyson say about everybody's got a plan until <laughs> they get hit in the mouth? Yeah. There, it's and 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 when you're that close to to Rashawn's point about about the sound mm-hmm. and hearing it, the, the scariest thing is when you're that close. You can see when the fight leaves somebody's eyes. Mm-hmm. When they're just what's the, what's the famous uh, moment? No mas. Oh, yeah. No mas. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it gets real out there. But uh, then they all hug it up, and, uh, you know, it's 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 a great uh, example of, man, dudes rock. Yeah, because well, you'll see guys go to war with each other and then show each other respect and admiration afterwards. Go back to the – go back they, they, they go back to the uh, locker room, mm-hmm. and, and they discuss, this is how I got you slipping. Well, I mean, when, when, when those guys are fighting and you watch those guys fight, I mean, the one thing you, you don't – take into account is the nature of what kind of condition that they are in, what, phys- what, what type of workout regimen they have to go through in order to be able to compete in that fashion. I mean, you know, I mean as, a, as an athlete, whether it's basketball, football, baseball, whatever it may be, everybody's got different approaches to what they're doing training-wise. And watching those guys have to do is, I mean, obviously it's completely different than boxing. But, you know, having to grapple and tackle and get on the floor and rustle and tussle and hold positions and all that stuff – yeah, I, I mean, you got to be in shape for that. The stuff. cardio is is the remarkable, yeah. and and we were fortunate enough because in the amateur side of it, 
if you're a heavyweight, not a lot of those guys are out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, they 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 snatch you up quick and, and bring you up because everybody wants to see the big guys go at it. Mm-hmm. You know that that's 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 where your brain goes to. We had a light heavyweight bout between two two hundred and five pounders. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness, <laughs> man! Like it was it was it was hard to watch, man, because there were a couple of uh, hits that landed where I said, "Talk to him post fight; he's going to be slightly concussed." <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. Um, I, I actually, um, yeah, this was probably 10 years ago. This is when I first, um, 10, 12 years ago, probably, when I first really started going, uh, getting in heavy with uh, Haven and, and Carlo. Uh, we were doing some fights, um, you know, and I was still in, in, in a decent amount of shape. And watching the guys fight, I was like, you know what, maybe I could get in this cage and, 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 and you know, roll around a little bit. You know, because most of the guys I saw at the heavyweight level, most of the cats were out of shape. I was like, you know, I might better get in here. You think so, a, don't get you? Me a, get me a W. <laughs> then I saw a young man named Mr. Dontel Mays. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dontel. Um, was the Kentucky State champion. Um, he went on to uh, uh, fight on uh, UFC cards. Yeah. Um, but at the time, Dontell was still on his way up here in the state. Um, he actually used to play football for Kentucky State. Um, 6'6", probably about 245 pounds, 250 pounds. I saw Dontell get in there, and he hit this young man so hard. With a, he hit him with a, He gave him a straight right and then did a roundhouse kick. At 250, 260 pounds, I officially announced my retirement from the MMA, <laughs> like, as soon as I saw that kick, uh, live on the air. Yeah, I mean, not <laughs> not that there was any debate or any discussion, but about approximately three minutes into the first fight last night, I was like, hype man for life. Yeah. Hype man for life. If you need a guy to come out with you waving a towel, talking just cash money, I, I got you covered. Yeah. I, I'm I, not getting in that ring, though. Coach, to your point, man, like they always say, you know, when it comes to boxing, when it comes to combat sports, period, they, they always say that while you can go out there and practice sports, when you're talking about boxing and MMA, it's pretty much a way of life. Like you have to live, eat, train three, pretty much 365 days a year to be in the type of shape and condition that you have to be in to do those types of uh, sports. And it, yeah, biggest thing is you have to have a certain type of mentality. Yes. I mean, the, the mere fact that you are willing to get in there and take punches, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a certain type of mentality. And the thing is, you have to be just willing to just go in there and lay it all out. Like, if, Fearless. I, if I get knocked out, I get knocked out. If if I knock you out, that's what I want. So I mean, it's just and I mean, a certain type of mentality and, and hug each other after the fight's over. Well, I mean, you gotta, have, you know, it's a certain type of respect. You know, absolutely. If, we, if you're going to get somebody who's willing to lay their life, really lay their life on the line in a way that you, you have mutual respect. And that, that's sort of my my goal with this is every opportunity that I get to go work any of these fights, I want to take a friend that's never been to one, because I'm not kidding. If you go and if you are a fan of sports and competition you'll ignore the violent violence of it because everybody I've taken says, I don't know, man, I don't really like, it seems like human chicken fighting. I'm like, no, <laughs> these are two grown men who signed a contract. They're both getting compensated. They both train all year <laughs> to, to Rashawn's point about 365 days a year. You get a couple of days off to get some fresh tattoos. But other than that, <laughs> like that, that, that's your life. Train, fight, get inked up. Yeah, that's what they do, and and you will have a blast if you if you come out to this. Like I said, it's it's one of those sports that just because you're not exposed to it enough, mm-hmm. or you don't, I, I hate gatekeepers. If you know about something cool, and then I'm late to the party, mm-hmm. don't be a jerk about it. 
welcome me in because that's the way I'm going to be. You know, if, yeah. if I if I've been telling you this band is is the band you need to check out, uh-huh. and three years later you go, I finally got around. Be like, cool. Here's a playlist. There you go. You know, uh, so I, I am I am here to advocate and tell the listeners and tell all the sports bands in the area, you are a fan. You just don't know it. Talk to me. We'll work something out. We'll we'll get you set up. Come watch some fights with me. Absolutely. I know I I am a, a big advocate of it. I, I've enjoyed watching the fights. I, I enjoy covering the fights. I, all of the athletes and all of the fighters are always great people. Um, you know, they, they, they're, they're very personable. The fans and the energy in the building is absolutely electric. Um, it, it is one of the best um, fan, fa- you know, like fan-friendly environments. Uh, they sold over 500 tickets. It was standing room only last yeah, night. It's always amazing. Like, I never knew. It's almost like, you know, you, you found the Kumite in, in, in Louisville, Kentucky. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you got, you're like, man, how has this been going on? And I've never known. But I mean, sold out, passionate, loud, energetic. Um, it's amazing. It, it really is. It, it really is. I, I've always enjoyed it. But yeah, yeah, definitely do yourself. If you've not had an opportunity to get out there, um, get out there, go watch a fight um, because it's entertaining. And, and like Joe said, you'll have a full car. You'll have 12, 15, 18 fights because, uh, you know, most of the times there's going to be a lot of quick stoppages. Um, there's going to be a, a lot of knockouts. You're going to get to see somebody get knocked up the upside the head pretty good, and yeah. then you'll get to see the pros get out there and, and do the thing for real. Yeah, I mean, I, my job as the timekeeper is you hit the air horn, mm-hmm. you know, to, to let them know rounds over and, and start the clock. I think we went seven fights where I never hit the air horn. Yeah. Really? <laughs> they, they didn't go three minutes. Oh. And that's not taking anything away from from the 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 gentleman who lost that that mm. those competition. I mean, the other crazy thing about MMA in particular, you know, boxing you you can you can catch a guy slipping, you know, land that punch. In MMA, what I've learned, coach, you can literally be getting worked for two minutes and fifty seconds, right? Ten seconds before the round's over, you could be a bloody mess. And if you slip up and I catch you in that arm bar, mm-hmm. it's over. You're tapping out and it's over. And they and they will you will walk to the middle of the ring and I will look like bloody hamburger meat mm-hmm. and my hands going up though <laughs> and you and, and you're still flawless with the Vaseline on you know from from the pre fight going you just got caught. he caught me. Hey, and I tell you what, man, the families of those folks, I feel so bad for them sometimes because the families are the ones that you know the the the, the fighters for the most part are calm and serene and they get hit upside the head and they shake hands after it's over but man that you know the the girlfriends the girlfriends mothers, and uncles the aunts yeah they're, oh. they're, they're upset oh they they're, are they're yeah. like there was literally a mama that tried to open the cage while they were fighting because she got so upset seeing her son in there throwing hands and getting kicked <laughs> and it's grown. It's a grown man, probably thirty years old, yeah. and his mama's still trying to save him. Yeah, yeah. That's how parents are. Yeah, yeah, it, it is amazing. <laughs> but I tell you what, man, that's an hour in the book, fellas. Just like that, we got the one hour down, one hour left, uh, Coach. Uh, I want to get into all the great things that you're doing on the other side. Uh, we have plenty more to get into. Um, I got thoughts on how the NIL may be changing the NBA draft. Uh, something that people may not have thought about that and much much more uh here listening to wake up 502 big exports radio 96.1 fm and we'll be back
Welcome back. Welcome back to Wake Up 502 on a Saturday morning here in the Ville. It's going down. Big X Sports Radio 96.1 FM. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm feeling it. I, you know what, Joe? These are the grooves that I needed to get my weekend off to a great start, man. I'm going to go home. And I'm going to cook up some food. I'm going to get my lazy son out to bed. We're going to get out. We're going to get some of this basketball work in. And then I'm going to have me a good rest of the day. Okay. Okay. That's that, that's exactly how Saturday <laughs> should go. And, you know, to your point, and we are a sports show, so we won't get too far into it. But but good Saturdays may not be, be in store for long. So if yeah. you've got something to celebrate, get out and do it. Absolutely. Well, it's good that you're incorporating basketball with your son today, too. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, got to work. Got to work. Always watching. Yeah, always watching. Yeah. He warns y'all. <laughs> I got I to, gotta, you know, get, get, get that work in. The dead period just started. His last game was last night. Um, he went out there, uh, you know, he was over at Holy Cross, and those, those guys went out there and had a good old time. He actually f- finished off the the the, uh, the season, uh, the summer season, pretty well. Uh, so you know, now it's time. Now the work begins. You know, so it, it never stops. You know, that's, that's why I put that court better, in the backyard. Better not see you dribbling with your dominant hand, son. <laughs> right? Hey, hey, you know, it's going to be, <laughs> hey, we ain't going to pick up the ball. This is going to be some uh, Mr. Miyagi type stuff. Uh, don't, okay. don't, don't even pick the ball up, son. Okay. <laughs> it's all mental. You, hey, 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 it's going to be sweat. It's going to be uh, sweat and, and feet, moving them feet and picking up them weights. I told him it's going to be like the Rocky Montage. <laughs> hey man, get creative with it. Only have him doing the lower portion of the of the fence. Hey, yeah, now you can get that defensive stance easy, huh? Joe, I know you know some people that got some live chickens. Find me a chicken he can chase around the yard. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I man. Need, I need some of that. We'll get him at my, at my buddy's dog shelter. You know, I spent an afternoon one day and thought, this, this is like, this is this is how broke fighters train. I was chasing pit bulls and carrying two 48 pounds of dog food on each shoulder, hey, like rotating me? to get inside. And I thought, yeah, man, we can put, we can do the Wake Up 502 Get Right program. Hey, I'm telling you, like, I need. I'm gonna figure out every creative way, uh, you know, to instill some some foot quickness, some speed, some you know, all of that. I'm trying to find all of that. So I might have to get with Coach Gray and see if he, if he can give me any uh, creative ideas. I got you. for that. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. Hey, we got a, a caller into the uh, uh, the the buzz line this morning. Let's go ahead and bring him on in here. Caller, what's your name? You know my name, Sean. Hey, I know this is Wayne. Wayne, Wayne, what's happening? I I went live to you. you man. Ain't nobody going to go too good. I ain't going to have no crazy people calling this early. Crazy people still sleep at 10 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, how you doing, brother? Man, what you got for me this morning? Man, I'm good. I'm good. And, 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 and props to Joe as well. Uh, and, and Haven in his absence. Uh, I'm just going to comment briefly. Well, the football recruiting is going outstanding, and uh, and a lot of folk are you know not believing the, the kids from Texas. I believe it. Yes, you know a lot of these kids now. I mean, they want they want integrity and honesty, and if you tell them that, it, they they got a decision to make. Either they want to. It, it's like this: he can come here and do what he needs to do. Or he can go anywhere and do what he needs to do. But if he goes to one of the big powerhouses, he's gonna be sitting and waiting. And and if he comes a little, he's got a chance to shine. So I'm happy for the kid. He made a good decision, and we're all looking forward to seeing that. And as far as the basketball goes, our friend uh, Bates, they yes. need to let that go. Mm-hmm. Forget it. Uh, it. It's too much drama. Like Kenny Payne, like he said, he don't want no divas. 
You don't want no prima donnas, drama, none of that. Because back in April, when it, when everybody came up here to Louisville, they loved him. So what happened? Two, you know, two months later, everything's done changed. You can't, you 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 can't decide what you want to do. Hangers on, people in the boys' ear, family, father, whoever it is. And and then like uh, yesterday, they were talking about uh, Eastern Michigan. Go on, to Eastern Michigan. If you don't, if you don't want the publicity, go on to East, Eastern Michigan and and do what you can do. But if you if he if he still wants to come to look. Louisville's not gonna reach out anymore. You call Louisville. They're not. They're not calling you no more. They're not gonna fool with you. If you really want to come to Louisville, you call them. Cause they're not gonna call you no more, man. You don't waste too much time, confusion, and you don't. You don't know what you want to do, and 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 you got you got everything here in Louisville for you. You you got you got one of the best coaches, even though he's fresh, but you got one of the best facilities, bar none. You in a good league. What else you want? And you got somebody that's going to tell you and w- tells you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. And he, he's straight up and honest with you. And if if, if if that's not good enough for you, then you need to get to stepping. And I wish the young man the best, but we don't need we don't need that. And like I said, we would love to have him, but if he wants to come here, he, he, let him reach out because. Louisville's done everything they could do. You know, everybody's talking about the NIL. They got a program in place. You'll get what you deserve. And and I would I would always point out one thing to these kids. They want to know how much they're going to get. My question I would post to any of them is, what are we going to get? I don't care what you did in Africa, but what are we going to get? Let, let's talk about that. You know, you worried, you, you worried about the money because a lot of times money clouds kids' judgment. They They – they get off their game. They're worried about the money, and then their game falls in the tank. So it, you know, it, you, you got to look at it several ways. But the best way to look at it, in my opinion, is if you want if you want a good education, good league, good coaching, all that, then you come here. But if, if if that's not what you're looking for, and and you're a money chaser, then you go and take the money wherever that may be. And if you look at a the, the lot of the guys that they um. That they wanted a, a lot. Well, with uh, the guy that went to Gonzaga, mm-hmm. uh, the Chattanooga, uh, that's a good choice for him. But they got a lot of guards out there. You know, he he may be and he may not. And then uh, Hunter going to Texas. Texas is a good problem, but yeah. Texas ain't gonna win nothing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're not gonna win. Yeah. I'm just talking to them like it is. And, and and you know, and and then the boy, uh, the boy. Uh, Went to Missouri. Um, I forget that that other guy's name, but Missouri ain't gonna win Jack either. So you know you got to look at that. What do you want? What's most important? You, you you to be you you being the big dog, or if you if you got on if you want to be somewhere where you got a uh, a chance to really win something and something big, but it depends on what's important for you. But Sean, Joe, man, you know you know what I think about you guys. You, you, you two are the best, and you know we say at the end of the day, Sean, go cards, man. Thanks, brother. You have a good day. Appreciate you. Hey, I appreciate it, Wayne. No, no, absolutely, and, and I agree with you. I think that the whole Amani Bates thing, 
um, you know, with everybody's heard the, the messaging from uh, Kenny Payne uh, talking about, you know, I, I want players that aren't just worried about the NIL and I want players that are about the culture and about, uh, you know, wanting to do better and be better. Well, if that's going to be your messaging, then you can't continue to screw around with Imani Bates and this whole circus around that because then it makes seems it make, makes it seem like you're making special – um, you know, uh, special rules for certain people or allowing certain, uh, you know, ridiculousness to go on while others you're trying to hold to a, a specific standard. So I agree. Um, I think that it's definitely time to move on. And, you know, Tyrese Hunter, um, he did end up down there at Texas and uh, Malachi Smith out there um, with Gonzaga. Th- those guys did what they thought was best for them. Um, you know, th- those programs got it done. Um Louisville's going a different direction with it. Um, so we'll just have to see. Um, it, like like I said, yes, th- there are some things that I think need to happen. And, and I think that it's definitely time um, to make – make some moves like we've heard that you know that there's going to be a decision made that that came out the, earlier this week um that Amani Bates is going to make his decision on his next stop uh, by the end of the month um you know if you know what you're going to do by the end of the month you know what you're going to do by you know now I, I just I I understand the fact that you especially as a parent and as a supporter um you want to make sure you maximize the opportunities for your athlete, okay? You want to give them every opportunity. But I feel like this juice has been like that orange ain't got no squeeze. more juice. And it's not worth the squeeze. It. That rind is dry. Like ain't nothing left, fellas. You and, know? I mean, I think I think Monty Bates at the end of the day, they're they're making sure they go to the right situation because even though he was young in Memphis, yes. they still saw what it could be like. And so with that being said, one, two things is he played okay. That's one. Two, the team actually played better when you weren't there. Yes. So that kind of doesn't, you know, that can't be the norm. That can't be the thing. So he's got to, you know, at this, because if they're trying to protect who he is as far as, you know, his status and all that yeah. stuff, they're going to they're gonna do their due diligence. Because at the end of the day, the type of individual as far as what they perceive to be with, with uh, Penny Hardaway as a coach, they probably thought it was going to work as far as that style, that whole atmosphere – so now it's, okay, what atmosphere, what style, what coach is going to work to make sure. And once again, if you're – the thing is, once again, you had an idea of who Penny was as a coach because he was already coaching, but you're not sure how Kenny Payne is as a coach. So you kind of got to – It's a $50 million you, you, you gotta, decision. Yeah, you got to figure out – gotta. At they're they're going to probably do their due diligence all the way to the end. I mean, you're talking about a young man who was considered to be the next LeBron, the next KD, the next you know Ben Simmons, mm-hmm. the next – Number one, can't miss lock number uh, first pick in the draft. That that was what he was seen as. Then you go to my uh, to Memphis. You know things go horribly wrong. Things happen to where you're not playing, and when you're not playing, things happen. You know the team looks better. Now you're in a situation where you go from being a lock number one pick to now. You know there are some projections that have Amani. Uh, you know not going until the, the the second third pick of the second round. Well, that's a lot of money. A whole lot of money. Yeah, that's a whole lot of guaranteed so, money. So you got to, I mean, once again, you know, as a college coach, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, with the way they've created this whole nature of how kids think and the NBA and all that stuff, you, you probably, that's probably what he's going to do. I mean, he's just going to sit back and really, he's going to weigh his option to the end. Yeah. And I think you brought up an interesting point, too, you know, that. This is a big money decision. Mm-hmm. You already put your trust in one first year coach and and for whatever reason it didn't work out the way, you know, that that you and your people thought it was going to. Mm-hmm. And 
the only thing that's worse than it didn't go the way you thought it would with your on-court performance is the team did better without you, mm-hmm. to your point. Yeah. That's that's watching your stock really mm-hmm. start to dip. So mm-hmm. while you may be in love with Kenny Payne and you may you may really like everything he's selling, if I'm the dad, if I'm the uncle, if I'm your coach, you know, your AAU or high school coach, there is a serious, serious conversation that has to be had with, okay, but you love the last guy that we didn't know. It's it it's still an unknown. Mm-hmm. So we need we have got to nail this decision. Yeah. Whether it be going to a school that makes everyone else scratch their head and say, Oh, they must have given him I don't I don't know how much money the boosters there have, but it can't be that much. Mm-hmm. You know, that that if it's if it's a money thing, it, it can work wherever. I think that's the bigger determination in where you, you kinda kinda funnel that that player towards if you have his best interest at heart. And also he needs to he needs to go somewhere where He's got to decide on what he wants to be. Are you a point guard? Are you a two? Are you a three? What are you? Now, once I figure that out, I need to go somewhere where it's going to facilitate that notion. So it can't be, okay, like they played him at the point in Memphis, but it just, I mean, I guess because Penny's a point guard, they thought it would just, you know, work. Six foot seven point guard. He he can teach him how to play. But once again, is that really your position? So you need to figure out, can I really play that position? And and that's another great point is that is that really your position moving forward, not just the fact that you were the most athletic player on on your block. Mm. So you, just because you can do these things against that competition doesn't mean it translates to be the best fit for you moving forward and what you offer to a team. Yeah. And once again, if 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 that is the notion, if you feel you can play point, you need to go to a situation that facilitates that notion. The team fits it, the coach fits it, and that be what it is. So you know. Because once again, you, if you go into a strong team, you know all those guys can play. So you know, operate because I think I think people kind of get the misconstrued, they get the misconception of playing that position. I mean, my father was a Hall of Famer uh, at UTC Chattanooga playing the point guard position. So basically, the notion of how you play that position, you know, it's it's changed, and they feel like they can make a playmaker into a point guard. I mean, it, it, so if you're looking for certain things out of that position, you know, he's a talent. I remember, like, with Lamar Odom, they played him at point some when he came out of college. At Rhode Island, he played point. Then when he came to the NBA with the Clippers, the first couple years they played him at point. You know, he was a talent, and they wanted to see if it could work because of Magic Johnson. Mm Because not everybody's Magic Johnson. He's (laughs) 6'9". Not everybody's (laughs) Magic Johnson. There's only been one. Yeah, so (laughs) to play play the point guard position at that level with that type of mentality, it's hard to duplicate that. So trying to find the Rajon Rondos at 6'9", or the Chris Pauls at 6'10", you know, it's, it's, a, it's a tall order. So the thing is, can he really play that position? And if you feel you can, okay, well then let's find the team that facilitates right, that. Right, and, and talking about Lamar Odom, uh, once he finally got to a roster that knew how to utilize him, he was an intricate part of a multiple championship you know, winning mm-hmm. team. Yeah. And he was he was one of the best facilitators out of the post. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was a four-man. So that's that's the thing about it. So it's, it's you know, some kids' talent can supersede the situation. Like, you know, LeBron James is 6'8", 6'9". Yeah, he can play the point, but you can see it. You, right. can, you can see it. And he played like a point guard. He facilitated in a man. There's a certain way you play the position. You know, it's not just like, okay, we'll give you the ball and let you do what you want to do. It's not high school. It's college. So there's a certain way you got to operate at that position. And once again, if you want everything to just run through you and play how you want to play, and well, you need to find a team that can facilitate that. Yeah. If, you go to a, if you go to a really strong team, there's a certain kind of way you got to operate. That's why you see Memphis start there. They started to play better when he wasn't there because now they operate like a true team in reference to a point guard being there and, and operating the way it's supposed to operate. And let's not get it twisted, fellas. Like, literally, because it already went bad the first time around, 
this is his last chance mm-hmm. at still being a lottery pick because if it goes wrong again, you're talking about, I, I feel, he's guaranteed to be probably a second round to undrafted guy. I mean, and it's unfortunate. And it, it would be just because, man, is this kid, there's a lot of second thoughts of, can he really play? Is he too skinny? Is he strong enough? You know, where is his head at? Is his IQ high enough? Like, why are things going so wrong? You know, could we have missed that bad? The NBA is very apprehensive about potential problems. And when you look at everything, all the off-the-court stuff and things that seemingly, you you know, you have a, you know, that LeVar Ball, quote-unquote, type of um, – opinion of his people around him you know NBA teams are not quick to bring on problems if you're not worth that you're worth you know you're willing to put up with LaMelo Ball you're willing to put up with Lonzo Ball because of the talent of those guys it's okay if LeVar is out here and he's loud and he's boisterous and he's doing all that stuff if he wasn't wrong though Rashawn he well, wasn't wrong well, but that's the point though like but those <laughs> those guys are definitely worth it but if you have a kid that is not looking like his talent is worth that problem, then you're going to have to end up in an overseas situation or maybe a G League situation to prove that you are the player that they hoped you are before you're going to get that opportunity. So I think that that's the biggest thing is they want to get the decision right because, like we talked about, this is a multi-multi-million dollar decision. And for the average NBA player, Coach and I were talking about this before we used Andrew Wiggins as, as the example. It's all about finding the perfect fit. Not every, Look, everybody wants to be LeBron, and you put them in the YMCA and they may look like LeBron, but they're not. Not everybody's KD, not everybody's Steph. So, so most guys, what I'm saying by that is they, you put them on one team where they're the man, like Coach talked about mm-hmm. in Minnesota with, with Wiggins, you can scheme him out and you can make him essentially ineffective. Mm-hmm. You put him on a team like Golden State where he's the fourth option, he is going to flourish. Mm-hmm. He'll thrive. Yeah. So. And maybe we're learning that Bates isn't the alpha. So get him on a roster where he can be a good supporting player and you can see, all right, this is what his game can do. Well, first thing is you got to get him to mentally buy into it. So yeah. until he buys into it, it's just kind of like you know beating your head against the wall. Yeah, hey, you, you, and sometimes you know what? Before you can lead, you got to learn how to follow. So I mean, may, may, maybe that's the situation. Uh, but I tell you what, we're gonna go ahead hit this last break, and then when we come back, we're gonna talk to Coach Gray about all the great things he has going on. Uh, I want to hear about uh, the, the this is the scouting report. <laughs> yes, that, that report. I, I want to hear about the scouting report. I want to hear about that. Uh, yeah, we also have a text into the Thorns text line if you want to get in and get your thoughts in before the end of the uh, end of the show. 414-1450. Appreciate the calls from Jay and from Wayne, and we'll be back. Big X Sports Radio.
Welcome back. Welcome back to Wake Up 502. A little Pharrell coming back at you, man. Continuing the Good Vibe Saturday we have here. Wake Up 502. We are not going to allow anybody to throw shade on our sunshine. Absolutely not. <laughs> Rashawn Myers, Joe Kelly, Coach Tim Gray in the building, man. It is going down here. Big Exports Radio. Uh, fellas, I, I tell you what, before we go any further, I do uh, you know, want to get uh, Coach Gray on here. Uh, he's been blessing us with uh, uh, the, the vibes all morning, you know what I'm saying? He's been get, giving great input. But, Coach, um, I, I, I want to go ahead and give you the opportunity to kind of talk about, uh, you know, what, what you have going on, uh, your great um, show that you have up and rolling. Just kind of talk about what's going on with Coach Gray. Well, at this point in time, um, uh, I created a show called Scouting Report. Um, I got a good uh, friend who's helping me uh, with the camera uh, by the name of Fred Reynolds. Uh, he used to work at U of L. Um, and what I decided to do was, you know, as a coach, you know create something where from the standpoint of as a coach's perspective you get to sit down with other coaches or other former players and talk about the game you don't really get a coach to coach interaction or coach to former player or thing of that nature and we talk about the game we break down the game we talk about plays we talk about concepts we talk about how to run an offense how to stop the offense um time and score just breaking the game but we also do it from a a way that it's not usually done because we're in the locker room. We're doing it on the board. We draw our plays. We do the X's and O's. Uh, and try and give people an opportunity to really see how conversations go, like you would have in a coach's office between coaches, and then that from the standpoint of in the locker room between players and coaches, how that, how that, you know, that conversation would go. So you get a chance to see it from different, different variations. And, you get, and it also gives coaches who don't have really uh, you know, another outlet to talk um, it gives them another outlet to show who they are, show their knowledge. Even players, players who may be trying to get into the notion or get into the business, it gives them an opportunity to facilitate that. It gives them a chance to show what they know, show that they can talk this game and not just play it, but speak it in a certain way. I, I love that approach because I was I was asked last night by some of the gentlemen that, that at the at the fight, what do you think about podcasts? And I said, well, I can't I can't hate them because I started doing a podcast and that's how I ended up doing radio. But what you have to understand is that in 2022, everybody thinks they should have a podcast. And the good ones are good because they have a lot of financial backing mm -hmm. that people don't necessarily realize. This little old podcast, it gets a lot of advertising revenue and, and, and it gets you connections. So if you want to do one today and be successful, you have to be unique. Mm -hmm. And you have to come with something exactly like you were saying. But, you know, I'm not doing a podcast. I'm doing a show. So, right. Yes. Podcast, so show, yeah, yeah. Any, so, any of the any of the, the self-made. Yeah. So when it, the thing is, when I saw, you know, everybody was doing a podcast, and I was like, well, I want to do something different. I'm one of those type of people. I, I don't try and follow the trend. I try and set one. I try mm -hmm. and do something different. Because once, you know, what's, what sets you from everybody else then? So I'm not really into doing what everybody else does. So... At the same time, I sat down and did that. And once once I did that, then, you know, I gained a relationship with WLKY. And they've picked up a couple of episodes. Beautiful. And they're going to show them and they're going to air them July 3rd and July 24th at 12 p.m., 12.30 p.m. What are Sunday. those dates and times again? The, the dates are July 3rd, July 24th at 12.30 p.m. on Sunday. So, I, I, you know, by putting my head down, and I've been working at the concept for a while. I, I got people on there. Like a uh, former NBA star, Derek Anderson, he's on there. I got uh, head coach <laughs> Kevin Gray, my father from Spalding University, he's on there. I got um, now he's the head coach 
for Mississippi State women's basketball team, Sam Purcell. He was a former yeah. assistant yeah. for L. Um, I got Ryan McMahon, former L player. He's on there. Um, I got uh, Wally Brown, uh, the, uh, the head basketball coach at IU, uh, IU Southeast. Um, and I got uh, some other people as well. So I, I wanted to create that, that element um, and do that in reference to, you know, now let's, let's as coaches really try and show and really give give to the craft, give, and also give, it gives people a chance to really see, um, see from the standpoint of how we think and how we operate, um, how we talk to one another, how we really do, the, do, do what we do. Every year during the, the college football national championship, the most, the most popular amongst a subset of fans is watching the coaches' room, mm-hmm. where they get all the other coaches you know, from top 25 programs, and, and you really learn about how coaches watch, watch the game that they're you – know, this is their life. And and fans don't understand that they can. There are coaches that can watch you break a huddle, and they know exactly what you're running based on down and distance. And, and this is what. And, and then the thing is, the show is called Scouting Report, so every coach and player knows what that is. Yeah. I mean, you know, some people ask me, "Well, what's the scouting report?" Well, it's 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 the information that you're given as far as what to know, what the team does, how they operate, you know, their their their, their strengths, their weaknesses. So that's that's what the scouting that's what a scouting report is. That's what you receive from your coach, I, and I I do the scouting reports for my team. So, yeah, if you, you were know. an assassin, you get a briefing. <laughs> <laughs> so so you you give you give your players, hey, this is a scouting report. Whether it's football, baseball, whatever sport it is, there's there's a scouting report on you. So you know that's that's why that's why the name the name of the show is scouting report. Love it. Yeah, and, and I like it because you know Kobe Bryant detail. Uh, you know when 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 Kobe first came out with that, you know his brainchild of just kind of taking everybody inside his preparation. That opened my eyes to just exactly um, how these guys see the game and, and the amount of attention that's paid to so many different things. And, and rest his soul, man, that was one of the things that I thought was very interesting. Uh, and they've continued detail uh, since Kobe's passing. But, you know, like that, that's one thing that I found to be very interesting was just to see how much thought and how much attention is paid to just the tendencies and, uh, you know, all of the, the uh, nonverbal cues and, mm-hmm. and different things that go into that. It was just amazing to me, that level of detail. And that's always, Coach, something that's been interesting to me. So I, I definitely think that makes for some probably some pretty good conversation. Well, also, I wanted to create an avenue for individuals who, who don't have ESPN, you know, don't have those channels. Now right. they can watch something similar to what they may see on ESPN. Now they can learn or have an opportunity to learn some concepts that they may not have gotten an opportunity to. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a kind of a fold of trying to give, give something to certain avenues and create something for certain avenues and allow them an opportunity to, because like I said, everybody don't, in the West End or whatever, not everybody has cable, not everybody has ESPN, not everybody has those channels. So now they can turn on 32 and watch uh, on Sunday. You yeah. know, let me, let me, let me. 1230 yeah. is a great time, yeah. man. You're coming home from church, mm-hmm. just ate. Yeah, so. <laughs> So get that, educated. <laughs> so, so you get that opportunity. So that's 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 kind of the thing behind it. And also, you know, I, I kind of wanted to get into the norm of you know the crab because, like I said, I'm a coach's son. So, you know, I, I wasn't raised by a player. I was raised by a coach. Even though he played the game, I was raised by a coach. So, kind of what I, all I really know because you know he was an assistant coach at UTC Chattanooga when I was born. You know, I have great parents. I have a great sister, little brother. So I have a great family, and you know, I have two great parents who. Help you know raise me and things of that nature and teach me what I know. And my father, um, 
just had me around the game. So that's all I know is, and, and, and it just comes out. So, you know, you know, people may see me not doing nothing, but if you think I'm not doing nothing, I'm doing something. Right. That's what that's what that means. Right. So if you don't see me, that means, oh, he's doing something. So what I mean by that is, you know, you come up with a show. I'm also, I'm creating a basketball class for, I wanted to create an opportunity for people who are trying to get into the profession who may learn or want to learn the game with us, uh, high school coaches, assistants, uh, middle school coaches, elementary school coaches. Um, and I'm doing it at Spalding. My next class is uh, July 12th. It's from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Um, and what I want to do is just create an opportunity because, like, if we expect how, play, how do people register for that class? You can you can reach me at T Gray T G R A Y Scouting Report C O O U T I N G uh, Report TV. So it's two T's R E P O R T T V at Gmail dot com. So you can reach me at that. And and you can find out information details because I have a uh, you can email me and we'll talk about it. But what what I wanted to do was create an opportunity for individuals who are trying to find a way to get into the craft and learn about the craft. But also at the same time, if we're expected players to be in the gym 24 seven working at their game and getting better, us as coaches should be doing the same in some capacity. You know, I ain't talking about every day, but, you know, maybe twice a month. You know, there should be an outlet for us to do that, not a clinic. You know, clinics come through like a. You know, comes come through every now and again. But is there something I can go to every now? Every now I need to get refreshed, and I'm looking for a refresher. So every now, is there a place I can go and get that? And is I can work on my craft a little bit, just you know, you know, and get some new information, or just get refreshed on some old information, whatever it may be. And just the opportunity to get an atmosphere and network with some other coaches. You know, especially for people who are trying to start out. You know, like you know, and they're trying to find a way to get into the to the concept. Does that also help? Not saying you ever would, but you know you can always learn as a coach. So I would think talking to older coaches, you can. There's something you can gain from them. No, you can, and I, I mean, the, the the oldest stuff you may hear, it could be old, but it could sound new to you. Right. Does it also keep you you energized and 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 keep that fire burning when you talk to the younger guys and you sort of you realize that as you get older and your career progresses, you've now become sort of a mentor for people who would like to follow in that in in a similar path. Well. Because you're a coach. You well, like to help people and get the best out of them, right? Yes, but here's the true factor. I mean, and my family knows, my cousins know. I'm a true competitor. So the competitor nature comes out. And what I mean is um, when, you, when you've been in the game or teach the game and coach the game, play the game, there's a certain element that comes into you that when you see it, speak it. So it just comes out. And so when you see others trying to involve themselves in it, uh, you don't ha- I don't have all the answers. No, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is you want to see the best for the craft. Because like I said, I'm not, I'm not trying to take nothing out of the craft. I'm trying to give to the craft and give to others. So I kind of, you know, it just starts coming out. And so the energy, passion, the commitment, you know, so you want to see it move forward and move forward in the way that it should that you, I mean, not saying I know which way it should, but you want to see it continue to move in a, in a good, strong fashion. So you know, you kind of implement those notions into whoever you're teaching, coaching, or whoever's around you, and they start to feel it coming out of you. And I, I'm not I'm not one that tries to sell anything. I'm not one of those type of people. So what you kind of see is what you get. And you kind of, when you start to see me really get into the notion, you'll see it. So I kind of give it. And so that's, that's just what people get from me. 
I can see right now, Joe. I'm gonna have to have Coach back in because, like, I literally and, and I thought about this, and I and I knew, um, you know, I had gotten some information about what the show uh, was about and, and what he was trying to get done, and I was like, man, I could literally talk two hours easy on just basketball theory and just, uh, you know, some of the different things that, that happen out on the court that I've always, you know, that's kind of one of the things that I've always been been interested in. Anytime I'm in a press conference, uh, you know, th- there's always the general questions that come out that the reporters ask coaches after games. But one of the things I've always proud of myself Did on Did you is, like the effort it, tonight, Coach? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, one of my things is that, you know, already I'm going to leave the other guys, and we all know the guys who ask all the questions. I I leave those to them, but I always try to get a little bit more in-depth into the X's and O's of, you know, what happened, you know, what happened good. You know, I, I, I noticed this about how you were playing early. I noticed the adjustments. What were the changes? What did you see? Um, you know, what, what needed to happen? What were they doing? Um, you know, because I, I've always liked – I like to pick the brains of these coaches when I have the opportunity, um, you know, because the the psychology and the mentality of, of what's going out there and how it manifests itself on the court is just always something that's been a natural for me. Um, I've always liked it. But, um, yeah, Coach, I, I'm just let, putting you on the spot right now. I, I'm going to need for you to come back at some point. I don't know if it's before the summer is out. I don't know if it's, it's – uh, like we're we going to make sure that we get you back in there because we're, we're going to do like a two-hour nerd session no, I will. on I, basketball. I have no problem with that. I, mean, <laughs> I, I kind of – I mean, to be honest, I have an individual by the name of Andre. That's my cousin. He's my older cousin. And I, I'll tell you, I, I blow his phone up like 24-7 every time. <laughs> I'm, I'm watching games. I mean, I – I mean, when when the Celtics were playing the Heat in Game Seven, yes. I had got so frustrated with what was going on with the game and after I cut it off. Yeah, and he called me back. He was like, "Are you watching the game? Are you watching this?" I said, "I'm so mad right now. I don't want to watch that stuff." And then, showing up, I cut it back on. 16 seconds to go in the game. Jimmy Butler's coming down the floor. They're down two, and he shoots a three on the break. Oh, I, I said, "Are you gosh. kidding me?" That's I was like, "That's why I cut the game off." That's exactly why I cut the game off. <laughs> so he was like, "We busted out laughing." So. But no, I had I, you know I got a person that I call twenty four seven. Like he'll tell you, I call him like three or four or five times a day, just about basketball, about something going on that just itches. Yeah, and I got I, somebody I got to talk to about it, and he's, he's that person. Most people think this is an unhealthy obsession. <laughs> he gets me. Yeah, <laughs> he's somebody I'll call me like, did you see that? So yeah. I'm, I, yeah, I have a you know. Hey, so hey real know. talk. Like when I first started going to um, basketball, like uh, like the the first big tournament I ever did was Bob Gibbons tournament at Champions uh, uh, down there in uh, Chapel Hill. Um, and pretty much back in those days, you probably had about two to three hundred teams down there playing. So you're talking about wall to wall basketball, eight a.m. Uh, to midnight. Uh, you know, three four days in a row. Um, so you're down there just seeing thousands of kids playing basketball. And, you know, the, Mike Hughes, who's the guy who invited me to come down, said, you know, um, it's a lot of basketball. Um, you know, so it's not for everybody because you pretty much have to be locked in and just literally watching game after game after game. Mm-hmm. You know, kids from Texas, kids from Missouri, kids from California, Texas, Kentucky, Ohio. Uh, you know, and he said, so, you know, check it out. Let me know what you think. You know, this will be your, you know, kind of your dry run to see if this is something that you want to do. And I did not realize how much I loved the game of basketball mm-hmm. until I did that. Because I could literally watch all day, and it never got old. And one of the things nobody prepared me for when when I stepped into covering stuff and doing media adjacent type roles—that's that's what I'll call it, media adjacent. Uh, 
I love to go back and, and read the, the things that I said about this player and, and that player and then go back, look at how I, I view it now 10 years later. And I sound like my dad and my uncles when I was a kid when they say, he's nice, but I, Connie Hawkins would have given him buckets. Yeah. You know? <laughs> or they name somebody that, that you say, who? And they say, you don't know nothing about him because injuries cut his career short, yeah. boy. But, yeah. but, but for a three-year stretch, he, w- he was the man. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it's funny how the more you watch the game, the less impressed you uh, – now, I don't want to say less impressed, but you say, well, kind of, I need to see a little bit more than just that because plenty of guys can put the ball in the bucket. Well, it's kind of like the notion of when you watch a slam dunk contest. You pretty much see yeah. – you kind of it, – it's that feeling. So once you've seen great, something – Great comparison. It's the same thing with the game. So once, you, you know, once you've been around long enough and you've seen so many different aspects of it you know it's going to take something I, I give you a promise what, what you really as coaches or any people who've seen something what you start to look for is the purest form of it that's what you start looking for you start looking for uh, I've seen all that other extra now I want to see the purest form of it I want to see the best form I want to see I want to see players play like almost you can't reach perfection but you're looking for it right that's what I want to see a team play like okay everybody's making shots Everybody's playing lockdown defense. Nobody scores. Like you hold the team. Like you score eighty, and other teams score zero. Even though that's not reality, that's not realistic. Right. But that's what you're looking for now. Because mm-hmm. I've seen the the wow factor, the three the three sixties, the dunk between the legs, and right. all that. So now I'm looking for how the game is played. I'm looking for the focus, the consistent focus, the the approach, the detail. Um, guys doing their jobs, yeah. um, setting screens, setting phase screens, knowing rotations, knowing where to be on the floor, communicating, talking, rebounding, pushing the floor. I want to see the game played in a certain way. That's well, what I, I start looking I, for. And truthfully, I mean, that that's <laughs> – it. I, I feel like – and this is where, you know, everybody always likes to get into that, that whole Jordan versus LeBron uh, argument about who's the greatest ever. And, and you know, especially t- talking with the younger cats and they just – just swear that LeBron is the greatest. It's like you do realize that, and this is what I told my son, and he was like, "Man, you old," <laughs> because I said you do realize I literally have watched both Michael Jordan and LeBron James full careers from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. I would feel like I would have a pretty good idea about <laughs> you know th- these guys and and being able to measure those two. I said I can't tell you about Dr. J. I can't tell you about mm-hmm. David Thompson. I can't tell you about you know all those guys, Oscar mm-hmm. Robertson, because I didn't see them. Jim Baylor. I didn't see none of those guys. But, you know, these two guys, I've at least, I've watched their whole careers. So I feel like I have a pretty good measure on it. But when I I, I talk about, you talk about perfect team basketball. When you look at those Bulls teams, like that 96 Bulls team Mm -hmm. was probably the best. It was a perfect system because you had Jordan as that maestro offensively that you put in the middle of that. And pretty much every other player around him could perfectly fit well, it was, it was, any decision made defensively. Well, it's kind of like the the combination of a lot of things that probably made that the best situation. Yeah. You know, Jordan coming back from retirement. Now he's hungry. But also on being hungry, he's got a second shot at life, especially yes. with his father passing. He gets to experience different things. Now he gets to see the game for what it really is. Enjoy it. Play it. Give your talent. So now, even though he can turn into Jordan, but he can also be selfless and just run the offensive play yes. and pick his spots. He knows how to really play it now. Right. And because he got a different look at it. It's like perfect Scott. basketball. Yeah, 72 like, and 10. But like Scotty, Scotty had got a different view of things when Jordan yeah. left. Now everything was like he, I had to be the alpha, but 
it went good a little bit, then it went bad. So now he's back. I can learn how to defer. He defers to me. We played the team. We got the system. So it was just a perfect storm of everything coming together that probably just made that seamlessly for all of them. And it just made it easy. And with that being said, when you got that type of cohesiveness on the floor, it just comes out. And, and you can see them running the triangle, seeing back screen, seeing backdoor cuts, seeing the play before it happens, hitting the open guy, playing with a sense of understanding and time and score and sense of urgencies and things of that nature. And, and it just came out. It was unbelievable. I mean, you know, even when you think about Rodman, Rodman at that point in his career had already won defensive player of the year. He had won cha- a couple championships with the Pistons, so he was a guy who was just willing to come in, play hard defense, and get every rebound. He didn't care if he ever had the ball. He never cared about any of the accolades. He just wanted to go out there. It was like it was just the perfect marriage of everything coming together at the right time, and that team was darn near perfect. Like yeah. it's close. I think they were as close to perfect as we'll see. I know offensively and defensively. Yeah, they they were, and yeah, and you think about the era of basketball and how it's changed, which is why as we ended the show last week, and and Rashawn said, "Where do these guys rank all time?" And I said, "I don't know, but I can tell you where they rank amongst their peers in their generation." Mm-hmm. The all time arguments in sports, it's hard for me to to separate rule changes, and then I start thinking, and I hate this argument. I hate when people take away from a current player by saying, yeah, but if this guy played now, he'd do this. Well, he didn't, though. Well, I'll just say, you know, with those guys, especially Scotty and Jordan, and those, I mean, they did play in modern-day basketball. It's not like they played right. in the 60s. <laughs> right, and right. Did you they have... played in the 90s, and, and then he played against Grant Hill, and those type of style players are what you – you know, he played against Grant, he played against Iverson, he played against Kobe, you know, Shaq was there. You know, he played against modern-day players, so it's not like he played They, they in act the like 50s. he played with – Right, it's not, yeah, it's yeah. not the argument about Bob Cousy that <laughs> yeah, he didn't dribble no, with his offhand no. and he played against plumbers. No, no. They so, act like that, man. They act like they played in a whole yeah, different – No, team. no, the, the, the TV was in color. Yeah. So you know, so I, I I'm we trying. Had the, we had the score on the bottom. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm trying. You know, in, in those Jordans that he wore, you wear those now. Those the patent leathers. You know. Yes, so sir. I'm just like, you know, uh, you know, it is what it is. Oh man, hey, I, I, absolutely. It, it's one of those things. And like I said, that that's a whole. See, this is why I didn't get that because there was some some newsworthy things that we had to talk about. So I didn't want to get into the whole basketball conversation. But coach, we're definitely gonna have you back in so we can just get all into it but i, I definitely appreciate you no, i appreciate y'all coming in and being a part of it man oh uh, thank you thank I, you for having me absolutely joe kelly uh appreciate you as always my brother it's good to see your face hey man it's good to be in here and uh if anybody else would like to see my face come out to the convention center tonight best 20 dollars you'll spend on a saturday most times you spend you're looking for something to do on a broke saturday stay out of trouble there it come is. watch some fights hey y'all the message for the day is don't worry, be happy. Card Nation, stand up, man. It's going to be all right. We're going to make this thing happen. This is Wake Up 502. Rashawn Myers for Joe Kelly, Coach Tim Gray. We out of here, Big X Sports Radio.